Hello, everybody. Tom and Keith with you. And a reminder, uh, as we always do, that the Dunlap Champions Club should be on your must-see, must-do list. Perhaps it already is. And uh, to those of you who uh, have already purchased your tickets, we say thank you. But you should get on board. It's a great football experience. Your food is covered. Uh, you've got shade. You've got AC. It's, just a, it's a great social experience, but it's a great way to watch the game. Dunlap Champions Club, very good to us because they bring you the Sunday edition of Front Row Knowles, uh, commercial-free, along with our main sponsors, Prime Meridian Bank and Hobson Chevrolet. And, and I go back to your point. If you've not ever been there, you got to go at least once. You'll be hooked. A better way to do it might be to try the three-game ticket package, uh, which includes Virginia Tech, Florida, or Clemson, and then two of the other four remaining home games. But however you want to shake it down, uh, it is an experience that, that, that's worth enjoying to uh, take in Florida State football. That's the Dunlap Champions Club. Get on board. 644-1830, the number to call. 644-1830. And without further ado... Front Row Knowles, broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee. This is Front Row Knowles First Look with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Good day, everybody. Tom Block and Keith Jones with you. This is Front Row Knowles' first look as we take our first look back at FSU's second win of the season over Northern Illinois. And this one was impressive, not from start to finish, but it certainly was impressive at the start, which is something we've not seen in a while, KJ. Uh, been a long time, uh, in fact, never during this year that Florida State has gotten out to an early lead. Uh, two possessions, uh, two drives, 14 points, and that was what we were accustomed to for years in the past, and it certainly was good to see it uh, because we'd not seen it in the first three ball games. Uh, I think the kids, and we'll develop this a little bit more, I think they lost a little bit of focus uh, you know, late in the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. There was some times when they waned a little bit in their concentration, uh, but certainly those first two offensive drives were very impressive and very needed. And the defensive first two possessions, too, because there were three and outs right there. Coach Taggart talked about that in his his postgame comments to Gene and probably to the media in general. It, it was To me, it was crisp. It wasn't just scores and three and outs. There were no penalties, no turnovers. I mean, the first quarter was pretty – I don't recall when the Patrick fumble was, but the bulk of the first quarter anyway, first 25% of the game was pretty good. Well, in fact, the first half uh, from a penalty and missed assignment standpoint, you could say was good because there was only one, the one penalty and then the one fumble in the first 30 minutes. So I, I agree. Uh, and I think it goes all the way back to practice. Uh, Coach Taggart in his postgame comments talked about how much uh, the kids were focused in practice. Uh, the intensity level was better. There were guys that were being more physical, uh, guys being more verbal. Uh, when mistakes were being made uh, and wasn't just the coaching staff having to correct the mistakes, the players were recognizing them early and that type of thing. And as we all know, and it's it's been the axiom for football for years and years and years, you are going to play like you practice. And um, they had a good week of practice and they came out and they played a good ball game. You don't have to take it from us. We'll hear from Coach Taggart momentarily, but I'll remind you that there have been a lot of changes in the banking landscape lately, and one local bank, uh, for example, just sold after 100 years. Others are consolidating or uh, closing branches, but one local bank you can count on is Prime Meridian Bank. On the web at trymybank.com, big sponsors of Front Row Knowles First Look. That said, let's hear from uh, Coach Willie Taggart. been a tough start obviously to his Florida State tenure and much of that is not his own doing but when you're the head coach uh, for good or for bad sort of like the quarterback it gets attached to your name so FSU evens its record at two and two and uh, let's listen now to 
what Coach Taggart told the media, and this is courtesy of Seminoles.com, where you can go for complete post-game coverage of Florida State's uh, Saturday victory over Northern Illinois. Here now, Coach Taggart. Great win for the Nose. Um, wasn't necessarily the best game, but it was it was a good win for our guys. Our, our football team got better today, and um, something we needed to do, and it was great to get it here at home. Well, you got you finally got off to a fast start. What do you think kind of went into that, and how important was that for you guys? Um, it was it was very important for us um, because we hadn't done that all year, and um, I think a lot of it had to do with just our players, just their commitment to getting better. Um, and it started this week. They decided they're going to get better. They decided they're going to practice better and hold each other accountable, and. and um, it paid off for them, and we need them to continue to do that. That's something we've been preaching since day one that needs to happen, and um, I think it showed our guys that if they do those things, then things can, uh, good things can happen for us. So uh, we needed to do that. Our guys was locked into what we were doing offensively, and it was great. And just go back to execution. Our guys executed the plays that we called. Coach, just how how much confidence did that did those first two drives give uh, give your offense after you know what they've been through the first three weeks? Uh, it gave them a lot of confidence. You can see the enthusiasm those guys had, um, just moving the ball down there and being able to score in our first couple of drives. And uh, like I say, it was something that needed to happen so our guys can get confident and um, I shouldn't say realize, but uh, knowing that they can actually get it done and, and for them to go out and execute it like they did was. Was impressive. Um, now we need for them to be able to execute like that for four quarters. In spite of really the running game never really get going, you, the passing game managed to get going. I mean, just how, how much did it help? Just how many different guys DeAndre kind of involved in the passing game? And I guess what what can we do about the run? What can be done about the running game? Well, I, uh, I think the passing game was was open because we kept trying to run the ball, and um, I thought early in the game we ran the ball pretty well, and then. Um, then we didn't. But DeAndre's been doing that all year, just sharing the ball with a lot of different receivers, and it's been good for us. And um, he had time to get the ball out there a couple times. And, and like I say, guys executed the plays. Um, and he know he has some talent out there. It's just a matter of us protecting and allowing him to get the ball there. Now, um, <clears throat> and then he's got to uh, – he could have had probably a lot more. He's got to uh, continue to get better with some of his reads. You know, he has some mishaps here and there, but for the most part he did a good job for us. Coach Taggart, uh, after he meets the media, he then goes and does the post game on the uh, radio network uh, with Gene Deckerhoff, and I'm sure that uh, that much of what he says or shares is the same. Um, but he he did say that the team felt uh, the the team was locked in early on, and uh, he w- he was pleased with that. I mean, we already established that. So now the next step, and it's a process, Keith. Uh, just because you're up fourteen nothing does not mean then that you revert. And he used the word revert twice. You know, you can't revert back. You got to keep that for four quarters, and and that's a learned behavior as well. And you can't learn that behavior until you've been put in that position. And FSU had not enjoyed uh, a fourteen nothing uh, lead in the first quarter in any previous game under Coach Taggart. Uh, all of that is the is building blocks. You build upon each other. Uh, and again, repeating myself, it goes back to how you practice. It goes back to your mental attitude. Uh, how you pay attention in your your uh, uh, department meetings or your your segment meetings, and how you prepare yourself and get ready to play. Uh, once you do have some success, though, you've got to maintain that uh, confidence and that concentration, and not to use Coach Taggart's term, revert. Uh, but again, you can't do that until you've been in that position. Uh, that's a pleasant problem to have. Hopefully, they'll do better with it going forward. So the Seminoles 2-2, two and two, they'll get back on the road against Louisville next week. We'll talk about that in our final segment. Uh, coming up on the program, we'll also hear from Ricky Aguayo. It was uh, just in a general comment. It was good to see him 
not just bounce back, but really hit key kicks when you think about the way that game unfolded, the disaster that could have been uh, at the end of the first half for two straight weeks if he doesn't make that kick. But instead, after the snap by Eberle, he steps back, doesn't bother him that he was iced a couple times and makes the kick. What's been interesting, and, and I asked a couple of folks just to make sure that my thought process was correct, but Ricky has not struggled at practice any this year. So the, missing those three kicks, sitting there at one and four, um, basically his teammates didn't believe it because he had performed so well other than during games. And I think you saw a great deal of – it wasn't necessarily relief – but just um, congratulation on being able to move from practice to game with him uh, able to hit those uh, three field goals uh, last night. And one of them was 50. Uh, did they credit him for 50 or 51? 50. 50. Uh, you know, his long, his career long is 51. So that, that's, you know, would have tied a career long had he been one yard back. But the, but the, the coaching staff and the kids continued to have complete confidence in him. And, of course, Ricky had confidence in himself despite sitting there at one and four when he came into the ballgame. Talk more about Ricky uh, in uh, the following segment when we'll hear from him uh, because we will go offense before defense. But uh, uh, other general thoughts, it, it, it felt to me so in terms of the penalties, uh, we saw a couple defensively that, that need to be cleaned up. We saw a couple on special teams, and it was the same culprit both times on the hold. Offensively, though, a lot of the pre-snap stuff disappeared. Well, except when Bello went down and, and Josh came back in, his first play, he – Juwan, Juwan. Juwan, I'm sorry. Uh, Williams, he he jumped early. Um, that that's all mental. Uh, again, I've not played offensive line, but uh, we've talked to enough former OL. Uh, that's all mental, and 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 Williams is struggling right now, and he's going to have to find his way back. Uh, but I thought um, the offensive line performed well enough. They, you know, Coach Taggart in his post game comments uh, finished up. He looked at a reporter and said they did enough. They did enough. Uh, certainly that's not championship caliber play, but in this particular instance, on this particular Saturday, it was enough for Florida State to get a victory. One thing we didn't see, and, and maybe it's because there's just not options, but there was no more switching this guy over here and that guy over here. Aside from when Abdul Bello came out for a series or two, it was the same five. We talked about all during the week, and others have chimed in, that you know you can cross-train and all that other stuff, but the, the difference between a guard and a tackle is much more diff different, much more difficult uh, than, than I think the layperson appreciates. And moving them from the left to the right has its own issues as well. You'd say, well, if you play left tackle, you ought to be able to play right tackle. Well, it, it is, but it isn't. It's like making me play tennis left-handed versus tennis right-handed. I probably can do okay because I'm okay with both arms, but I'm much better at, at right-handed than I am left-handed. Uh, it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, you were exactly right. They, they kept the kids in the same position. They got some continuity. Uh, they got some push. Uh, I know Florida State's per carry average was not real good in the ball game, but Florida State stayed with the running game because one of the criticisms last week against Syracuse is that in the second half they abandoned the running game. I know a lot of that had to do with the score and that type of thing, but they, they stayed with the running attack. Uh, Akers had 22 carries. I think Patrick has 16 uh, just between the two of them. And uh, they rushed for 110, 120 yards between the two of them. Again, not a great per yard, yard per carry average. Um, but when you're running the ball that many times and you're committed to running the ball, it will open up the passing attack. And we saw that happen some, particularly in the second half. 
We'll develop that more in our next segment. The breakdown, 89 plays, 57 rushes, and 32 passes, which is what we talked about at the start of the season of where Willie wants to be. Now, he doesn't want to be at the average yards per carry that they had, and uh, we'll discuss that when we continue here on Front Row Knowles First Look. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Florida State victorious, 37-19 over NIU. They get the victory. And I don't want to say it was never in doubt. It got tight late, but but Florida State was impressive early on. When they needed to make plays, they did make plays. I think we can say that. But let's go back to this running game conversation. First, regarding moving offensive linemen around, let's be honest. During fall camp, they didn't move guys around, which Coach Trickett and Jimbo believed in. They didn't cross-train. They really had the same five out there. And then injuries happened. And that's what caused him to shuffle the deck a couple of times. Well, not just a couple of times, several times during games. So that said, how do we get more out of the running game? Or what did you see yesterday, uh, uh, Saturday, based on moving the tight end into some different places to help out and that sort of thing? Uh, they lined a tight end up uh, several times beside the tackle in the traditional formation. They also moved him back almost like a wing position in the old wing tee. Uh, they played a couple of young kids uh, that I hadn't seen before uh, that would be more fullback bodied type. Uh, you saw them go into the pistol where you have the quarterback in the quote unquote shotgun position, but then a running back behind him. And uh, they went to two back set a couple of times. Uh, I would go more with the two back set if I were calling plays, but that's just me. But they did some things to get an extra body in there. The other thing is they didn't abandon the read option, but you saw, I think, percentage-wise, more plays where it was a designed, called play. So there was no decision to be made, and everybody knew it was going to be a run. So, you know, you get on your hands a little more, you get off your heels, you start driving a little more, uh, and, and they had some success doing that. Longest run from scrimmage was 16 yards, and uh, which meant they were getting five and seven and three at a clip. Uh, there weren't as many negative plays, certainly as many negatives as, as there's been uh, historically on a per-game basis. And I think it all had to do with them saying at the beginning of the week, we're going to stick with the run, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to run the ball, and we don't care if you know we're going to run the ball, we're still going to run the ball. And the crowd got frustrated with that. But So thinking that through, if you think back to the first three games, pre-snap penalties had Florida State behind the chains on first down a lot. First and 15 led to second and 13. Uh, running plays that lost yardage on first down were leading to first and 13 or passing plays that were sacks or bubble screens that got blown up. Bottom line, it looked vanilla, but they said, we're going to run up the middle and take three yards because second and seven is a lot better than second and 13, even if it's not sexy when you're watching the game. I don't think anybody was worried about pleasing the crowd or being sexy for anybody that was watching on television. You know, this was all about this is what we've got to get better at. We've got to get some consistency. And they did that. And to that that degree, certainly this is not a – you wouldn't look at this performance and say, you play like this against Clemson, you'll beat Clemson. You won't beat Clemson. You play like this against Florida, you beat – no, you won't beat Florida. You won't beat NC State. You might not beat Wake Forest. But if you played the way you played against Syracuse and Samford, then you're going to get blown out 50-6 to six when you play Clemson or Florida or anyone else, Miami coming up. Since we're doing this transitive game, what if they played this way against Syracuse last week? If they played this way against Syracuse, they beat Syracuse. Now, it would be, it would be a close ball game, and you, w- you wouldn't necessarily walk away at saying that they'd done anything positive because you were supposed to win that ball game. But that's before we knew what losing to Syracuse felt like. 
Well, but what you just said affirms what Coach Taggart said after the game, which is we got better today as a football team. You can say it's NIU. They're picked to win their division in their conference. They're one of three teams at their level that's been to a bowl game nine out of the last ten years. Uh, pretty good defensively, too. I mean, now the offense has struggled, and so we'll talk about that in the next segment because Florida State's defense did give up a couple of big plays there. But uh, I don't think you can just completely dismiss it and as if that was – uh, you know, an FCS team or somebody that's really not that that good. You know, I, I, you and I have talked privately and publicly all week long, and we always try to come up with analogies that would make sense. You know, I, I remember having a bike with training wheels on it. And I remember this. I don't remember this conversation this week, but go ahead. No, we didn't have this one. This is the one I came up with. All right, because otherwise my memory is failing me. But, you know, I had a bike with training wheels, and I'd ride that thing around with training wheels. And I dreamt of the day I'd be able to ride the bicycle when the wheels came off. And I took the wheels off, and I don't remember. I think it was one of my cousins that actually helped me learn how to do that. But when I learned how to ride a bicycle without the training wheels, I learned that there wasn't boogeymans under my bed. There wasn't a monster in the closet. It was okay to climb a, 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 a treehouse. Tree it was okay to be out of sight of my mother. I mean, it, it opened up the door of confidence for so many other silly, dumb things that a four- or five- or six-year-old, however old I was at the time, does. Well, this game might be the same way. You, you've seen some success. You hadn't had success. You've seen a little bit of success. It wasn't great success. It wasn't the best game you could play. But you finally had some success. The wheels came off. You can now ride that bicycle. Well, that may lead to a whole bunch of other things that all has to do with one word that Coach Taggart talked about, and that was confidence. This team had to find some way to get some confidence and start building that confidence, and maybe this game will be that catalyst. Picking up on that theme, it almost feels like, uh, and, and maybe this isn't fair, so let me let me flesh it out in my mind, but as, as you go back, Florida State started the season – uh, almost as if you're, you know, you're halfway around the track. We're going to pick up here, and now we're going to add some things to the offense, and we'll run the second half. And what we found out is they really needed to go back to the starting blocks and strip everything back down and say, okay, we, we can't start from halfway here. we got, we got to go back, and we're going to have to line up again and, and get through the pre-snap issues and all that stuff. Well, and this confidence thing is, is an individual thing. It's a segment thing. It's a group thing. It's a team thing. It's a coach's thing. And and probably no one other knows it better than Aguayo because it's certainly a kicker thing. And, you know, so you, you've got a great fall camp going. You're making everything. All the coaches are – and you go out and you go one for four, your first four. You know, well, that's naturally got to put doubts in your mind. Well, the same thing with your offense. You've been scoring in the scrimmages. You've not been having these problems, and now you have them in the first two games, first three games. You lose a game you shouldn't lose. You struggle in a game that you probably shouldn't have struggled. I mean, it all just builds upon itself. Speaking of Aguayo, I talked to him after the game. That's what Keith uh, is calling a segue. You want credit for that. We're segueing into Ricky Aguayo. But he made two 42-yarders and a 50-yarder, uh, and they were key, obviously, when you win 37-19. to But really, the game was 30-19 to until late. If he doesn't make those three field goals, uh, you can do the math. It's 21-19 as, as time is winding down there. So here's my conversation uh, from after the game with Ricky been a tough start obviously at one for four so was what was the difference today because all three kicks were dead center and yeah. solid um none too much different uh the first kicks that were misses obviously were a foot or less um so i didn't really panic 
you know, stayed true to my process, you know, had faith in God, and, you know, everything turned out well. You talk about the process. So right before half, looks like you're going to have either a chip shot field goal or maybe you're kicking a PAT, and the snap goes over DeAndre's head. Next thing you know, it's a 50-yard field goal, and then NIU empties the bank on timeout. So uh, what is the process there as they're trying to ice you? I mean, how do you handle that? Um, you just stay true to the process. You know, you don't try to do anything different. You know, I thought I, I thought I was going to get like a 33-yard field goal, you know, to go into half, but ended up being a 50-yard or so. Nothing changed. You know, swung the same way. Didn't let the timeouts get to me. You know, stay true to the process, like I said, and it drilled it. 50-yarder. You've hit a 51-yarder previously. Uh, what is your range? Um, I think that 50-yarder was good for about seven, eight yards. So I'd say 57, 58. Yes, sir. Was Coach asked you before the game, you know, based on wind and all that? Coach, and you knows, Coach knows. We already talked about it uh, during fall camp. There's no variables, no winds. I'm good up to 59, 60. Yes, sir. So what does this do for your confidence in general? Or is it, you know, when you're a kicker, <laughs> you just got to be ready for that next kick no matter what your last one was? Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a great confidence booster. Um, I'm glad I had this game. Glad I had uh, these three opportunities. And, you know, Coach Taggart told me uh, after the last game versus Sanford that he, he believes in me. You know, he has faith in me, and, you know, it, it, showed, it showed up today. You know, he called my name th three times for field goal and four times for extra points, and I went out there, stayed true to the process, and it turned out well. This may be more of a question that uh, I should point to the offense in general, but the team was crisp in the first quarter, a 14 nothing lead. We haven't seen much of that around here lately. Uh, was it more focus in practice? Was it just more attention to detail? And, and again, that may be better suited for the offense, but I'll ask you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're just more focused <clears throat> on the little things, you know, pay attention, created good habits, you know, because when, when, when it comes Saturday, you're not really thinking about stuff. So when pressure comes, your habits come to the surface. So that's one thing that we really focused on as a team, you know, creating good habits in practice, you know, even in the locker room, picking up after yourself, doing your job. That's what Coach Taggart um, harps on. Just doing your job, doing your job, and everything will take, uh, take care of itself. And that's what happened today in the first half. And we just got to learn to, you know, take it for four quarters. Congratulations on the win and uh, the three-for-three three effort today. And we'll see you next week in Louisville. Thank you. Thank you. Go Noles. He was quick to point out, as you heard there, that uh, though he was one for four, uh, those misses – you know, they still count, but they missed by a foot or a yard. So what he said is he didn't panic. It wasn't as if they were complete duck hooks. I will say this. The one for four start, while it's not good, it would not. It was magnified by the offensive struggles. If the offense is still putting up 38 points a game, we're really not fixated on the fact the kickers missed a couple kicks. And, and again, most of our fans may remember this, but he finished last year hitting 18 of his last 19. So he had that wonderful streak. Uh, obviously, you go over the spring and the summer before you re restart it. But he had that wonderful streak going into it. So we, we all went, what? What's going on here? So he's made 22 of his last 26 now, which sounds pretty good when you think about it that way. Okay, we'll talk defense when we continue. Florida State gets a 37-19 win over NIU. Our defensive conversation is up next on Front Row Knowles' First Look. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles First Look, I will remind you that uh, Prime Meridian Bank, longtime supporter of the program, both uh, the First Look edition and our regular Wednesday evening Front Row Knowles. You can find them online at trymybank.com. That is Prime Meridian Bank. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. KJ, defensively, when I talked to Harlan Barnett during the week, asked him what his emphasis was or where he wants to see his defense get better. 
He said, I want to see us finish better. He said, last week, I wanted to see us start better. We got that taken care of. Now I want to see us finish. Well, sort of the same thing. They they started strong on uh, Saturday. And I, and I will say this, the similarity between this and the Syracuse game is that the offense didn't help the defense at Syracuse. Same thing Saturday against NIU because of all the short fields with the turnovers. But that said, the defense is going to own it. Uh, you know, they're at the line of scrimmage. It's their job to stop them. So I'm not, I know they're not going to be pleased with giving up two touchdowns in the second half, including one that was very long. Well, if you take that one long pass, which was a 66-yard completion uh, catch and run for a touchdown by D.J. Brown, uh, the total yardage for NIU in the ball game is 155 yards. If you take away the turnover, uh, which left uh, the Huskies with the short field, I believe in the first half where they scored their first touchdown, that drive was 23 or 33 yards. I mean, it, it wasn't far at all. You take another seven points off the board. And so I think if you start looking at what the defense did for the bulk of the time they were out there, you can be very pleased. Yeah, they'll own it, and they won't be happy with it, and they don't concede anything. That's one of the things I like about Coach uh, Harlan. You know, he doesn't make excuses. Uh, but at the same time, this team needs to understand that their defense has played well enough to win four games now and played particularly well last night against uh, – yesterday afternoon, rather, against the Huskies. The most frustrating thing about that 66-yard pass, and Coach Taggart said afterwards it was just one guy was in the wrong position. I think the drop wasn't deep enough. Uh, you may have a, a more uh, to offer on that from watching it up top. But it was third and 20, 22, and somebody lined up in the neutral zone, and it became third and 15. Am I remembering right? And, and bottom line, and then they convert what should have been. It should have been third and 22. Your ears are pinned back, and you get another sack, and you're forcing them to punt on fourth and 30, and they end up getting a 66-yard touchdown. I, I'd like for, for Coach Barnett to explain it to me on the board or with the film because I'm not sure I'm 100% right, but I do believe it was a player that was out of position. I believe that the player was trying to disguise coverage, which which is a positive thing, except you don't do that on third and 15, third and 18 when you're up like this. That's something you do in the first half. So a mental error from the standpoint of trying, trying to do too much and then didn't get back to where he needed to be and the ball was thrown over his head. Uh, and I'll let the player remain nameless. Our folks can just go back and look at the tape and look it up themselves. He just happened to be a freshman. Coach Taggart specifically said in the post game that the defense has to get better against the pass, especially once you've made them one-dimensional. And they had 20 attempts for six yards, so they weren't going to beat you with the run. So you know they're going to throw, so you have to be better when they're one-dimensional. They are, but, but again, I think it's a, it's a relative thing. They got better. It's, they're just not where they need to be. Uh, Childers ended up being 20 of 41, so you held him for less than 50% completion. He did throw for 215 yards, but again, 66 of those yards came on one play, uh, and, and he, he was sacked four times. Probably should have been sacked three or four other times. Uh, when they flushed him out, he proved to have some good mobility uh, in getting away from the pressure. So I think that part of it is just a process. And maybe, just maybe, Coach Barnett, like many defensive coaches, is just never satisfied. <laughs> you know, you can, you know, unless they finish the game with minus six yards of total offense and you, you scored four safeties on them, you know, you're just never happy as a defensive coach. Some other defensive thoughts in general. Emmett Rice uh, saw a decent amount of time in the second half, and that's good to see him back from the, the knee injury. And then with DeMarcus Christmas out, Robert Cooper was uh, the fourth tackle in that defensive tackle rotation. Oh, that's not accurate. He was the fourth and fifth. I knew you were going to say, yeah, 6'2", 378. 
but I, I, I'm impressed with their defensive line. I mean, this has been glossed over, but Florida State's been really good against the run. And, and so from that standpoint, it does harken back. And, uh, you know, it's fun to have Mickey around the program again. But it's the same. You know, every coach says you've got to take away the run first. But there's a lot of similarities with Harlan talking the way Mickey used to. What I like that Coach Odell Higgins is doing uh, with his defensive rotation is he's not rotating every other series. He's rotating every two or three plays. And you haven't seen that, I don't think, a lot uh, until recently. Uh, And so you're letting the younger guys get in there, particularly earlier in the game, and you're letting them get in there on significant drives, significant times when when, uh, the opponent is starting over. They've just got a possession. It's first and ten. You know, the, the young guys are a couple of three plays away from getting in there on, a, on an important sequence. Uh, I like the substitution. I like the way they're playing. I hate that Christmas was missing time because he's a very valuable part of that uh, segment. But it was good to see the youngsters, the big guy, the big one in particular, to get some snaps. A couple thoughts, and then we'll hear from Marv. Well, let's let's listen to Marvin Wilson right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, big Marv was uh, highly touted coming out of high school, got injured in spring, and was slowed in fall camp. But he's 100% now, and it's been noticeable the last few weeks. So uh, I managed to uh, catch up with him or track track him down after the game. Good interview with uh, Marvin Wilson. Marvin, the first thing I saw today when uh, I got to the sideline was that DeMarcus wasn't dressed out, so that meant the rotation changed a little bit. So how did that affect things? It looks like you guys have got a pretty good rotation going right now and, uh, and, and managed to make up for his absence. Uh, you know, we had, I had to start today. Um, you know, I had to fill some big shoes with DeMarcus Christmas. You know, our fifth-year guy, he's the old head of our six. So, you know, um, he makes a lot of plays, so I had to step up. Um, uh, Coop, uh, true freshman right now, he's, he's been, he, had, he played a little bit, but he had to play a lot more snaps today. I'm very impressed with how he played today. Defense against the run has been terrific all year. Today, 20 rush attempts uh, by NIU for a total of six yards. So, obviously, you guys are doing the job up front. What is it that makes it such a brick wall? Um, one thing about it, uh, Coach uh, Coach Odell does not play that uh, running the ball. You know, um, we're going to get in there practice if we don't stop the run. So, you know, um, one thing about it, we saw we cut on the film on NIU. They were averaging 200, 300 yard, yard games this year. It was like, that's not us. That's not going to happen against our defense, especially not against our D-line. So, that's the mindset we had coming into this game. You've looked uh, really good to me the last couple of weeks, uh, but you sort of had to ease into the season a little bit because you were still recovering from injury. I mean, are you at 100% now? How much of that hamper you or has it hampered you getting to this point? I'm 100%, you know, um, just come back in right before, the, right, literally right before the first game, you know, and um, still look, just re- t- technique was rusty a little bit, you know, just, but now I'm all good now. I feel like I'm getting, every, getting everything back now. I'm learning to play a lot more. I'm getting a good, good knack for the game right now, and it's just, I just feel good. We're talking with Marvin Wilson. Uh, one of the things Harlan Barnett told me this week is his point of emphasis, one of them was, was to finish. Uh, and, and I don't know that you're going to be pleased with how things finish with them getting two touchdowns in the second half. Now, you guys got stuck with a short field several times, but uh, where do you see room for the improvement with the defense? Uh, no, more, no more touchdowns. That's the biggest thing. And um, uh, We played a stellar first half. We got to finish a lot more better, you know, uh, especially in the passing game. You know, we got to get the quarterback a lot more. Um, we got to, uh, coverage-wise, we got to learn how to cover our guys a little bit, little bit longer so we, uh, the rush can get there. You know, we just need a lot of things we need to prove. We need to get more turnovers. That's one thing. I don't think we have a turnover this whole game, and that's not what we do. You know, um, we, we're defense that want to get turnovers. By the way, I owe you a, a thank you because uh, thanks to you, I've now sampled the honey fried chicken at the Fig. That stuff is legit, huh? Yeah, that's the reason why I'm here. That chicken is so good. <laughs> <laughs> Every Friday at the Fig, folks, if you haven't tried it. Congratulations on the win. We'll see you next week in Louisville. Thank you. All the way from Houston, just for the honey fried chicken for Marvin Wilson. And uh, my, my belly is proof that I have been to the Fig on Fridays to eat 
honey fried chicken before. I, I want to ask you a couple other players. Uh, Levante Taylor, you know, last year a lot was made. I, he either gave up no touchdown passes or maybe one all year. And I know he's been beat three times at least this year, including on Saturday against NIU. Uh, do you see something technique-wise? Is it a case of last year people were throwing at McFadden and this year Kyle Myers has been so solid they're throwing at Taylor? Or, you know, in other words, there's more passes going his way? What do you see? Uh, a, there are more passes going his way. And B, he's trying to do too much. Uh, the touchdown that he gave up against Northern Illinois, he jumped on an out route. You know, he, he was trying to make a play instead of staying with his technique, keeping the, the uh, receiver uh, in front of him. He jumped something. The receiver did a pirouette and went behind him, and he got beat. Uh, that That's that's mental. You would look at that and say that's technique, or you'd look at that and say that we got to – well, that's mental. Don't be jumping things, you know, unless you're absolutely positively sure. He was sure on the pick six. Why? Because it was late in the ball game, and they had to do something. Well, now you're you're not late in the ball game. You're, you're, you're not – backed up you know you're not on the eight yard line you don't have the ability to to quarterback quarterback's got some time to let a play develop um he's shown that he can excuse me move around in the pocket uh so don't be jumping routes and and again uh, others may disagree with me but that's all mental doesn't mean he's not a good player it just means he's trying to do too much the other guy I was going to mention is uh DeKalen Brooks and and Derek Brooks was at the game again I, I think Derek's going to be a regular uh occurrence now that his son is playing uh, two plays in particular. One, if he falls on the loose football, Florida State has the ball at about the 15-yard line going in. He tried to pick it up and scoop and score. And two, there was a play, second half maybe, where he didn't wrap up on a tackle and it wound up squirting out for eight or ten more yards. I suspect that the NFL Hall of Famer might have had a conversation with his son about those two plays. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know how much Derek um... – you know, gets involved in coaching his son. Uh, I know that when you're a, a first ballot Hall of Famer in the NFL, you probably have enough confidence in your ability to look at plays and be able to give advice. But I also know Derek, and Derek's not one of these fathers that wants to step in and start criticizing or or, or correcting his son that's different or or not the same way that his segment coach is criticizing or correcting him. I think more than anything else, Derek's going to remind him of fundamental stuff. You know, um, it would have been great if he could have picked that ball up and scored with it, but it'd been much better if he'd have just gotten down on it and recovered it, uh, particularly since that would have been his first fumble recovery. Let's worry about scoring when we get a little older and a little further in our careers. And number two, you may not think somebody can run over you, or you may not think that particular back can run over you, but they dang sure did. So you got to position yourself a little better. It doesn't matter uh, how you got there. You didn't finish that play. So let's finish a play, son, before we start worrying about anything else. That will come with time. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We've got a segment to go, and uh, we'll talk about the end of the game for Florida State and also look ahead to Louisville when we continue on Front Row Knowles First Look. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back. Florida State gets a 37-19 win over NIU on Saturday. KJ, the the way the game ended, Florida State uh, tacked on seven with 12 seconds to go. Amir Rasul went in from seven yards. My initial thought on the sideline as I was watching that is that – Rod Carey and Northern Illinois aren't going to be very happy that FSU didn't take a knee there. Uh, when I mentioned it to you, you were 100% fine with it, so we sort of reversed roles there. But I, I will say this, because you know, back in the 90s when Florida State under Bowden would beat people 60-10 to 10 routinely, he would say, it, it's our job to score, 
and it's their job to stop us. And at its core, that is what it is. I also think when you look at this year's Florida State team, uh, execution has been a problem. So if you've got more at-bats, you might want to try to execute, even though those were second-teamers or what have you. But your general thought. Well, first of all, Northern Illinois went for it on 4th and 10 on their own 30-yard line. So they turned the ball over to Florida State. They had a short field. What do you expect Taggart to do? He put in his third-team running back, and he handed the ball to him five times. And they did not go hurry up. They milked the clock down, and they ran the ball five times, and they scored a touchdown. I don't have a problem with that in the world. There you go. And you bowed up, too. You didn't even like going to this conversation. I, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, Coach Bowden would even say there were times when, when, when Florida State early in his career would get beat 30 to nothing or 41 to four or six or whatever. And, you know, he'd ask, well, Coach, Coach Bowden, are you upset at the other team for running up the score? Well, Bobby used to say, it's our job to stop them. And then when it got reversed in the 90s, everybody was going, why is he saying that? Well, he said it when he was on the other end. He was very consistent in how he felt about the end of game plays. Next up is Louisville, and uh, well, before we talk about Louisville, and I don't know much about Louisville, to be honest, uh, Keith. I know they're struggling. Uh, I, I know that uh, I would be shocked if we had a repeat of last time we went to Louisville based on what that was. Um, what else from, from the Saturday game against NIU uh, do we need to single out? I guess we need to look back at the big moment in the game first. Well, yeah, it's time for our prime meridian performance of the game, and I'm going to give that to Tamari and Terry on that 78-yard touchdown catch and run. Beautiful throw by Francois. Hit him right in stride. You were down on the field. I was up in the box. We both thought that he had overthrown him. And then when Tamarian caught the ball, he actually distanced himself from the trailing uh, defensive back, showing some great speed. And that was a very, very important throwing catch for confidence uh, in that particular game and, candidly, to make the Florida State faithful uh, happy because uh, we like those big plays. Prime Meridian Bank, they're my bank. And this year they are celebrating 10 years serving Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and the surrounding area. Outstanding client service, convenient tools like mobile and remote deposit, and one of the top-rated mortgage teams in Leon County. Not sure about your bank? Try Tallahassee's hometown bank, Prime Meridian Bank, on the web at trymybank.com. Those deep shots to the big receivers are going to be there all year. Now, you're not always going to have corners that are five. The, the starting corners for NIU were 5'9 and 5'11". And when you have Gavin and Terry on the outside, the 5'7 guy is matched up against one of them. And they split so wide. And because Florida State was – this goes back to what we talked about early on. Because they stuck with the run, the safeties were in the box or close to it. And so you had one-on-one -on -one coverage with big receivers and small corners. It was just a matter of when they took the shot. And, and you've got to be careful and, and be uh, observant on when you take the shots and how you take the shots. And I thought Florida State, uh, Willie Taggart in particular, did a pretty good job of calling those plays. We'll see how that plans out. Now, moving to next week, you're probably going to need some shots against Louisville. You mentioned that uh, we, haven't, we don't know much about them, haven't done any scouting per se. I do know that uh, their, their Heisman quarterback is gone. Uh, the kid that went through spring ball and most of fall camp has struggled, and they're now on another quarterback. Uh, I know their defense can't be as good as it has been over the last couple of years because they were lights out. Uh, and certainly, certainly, we will not go to Louisville as we did two years ago and play as horribly as we did two years ago. And, and I don't even want to think about two years ago, and I don't want to mention two years ago. Did I mention it? I'm sorry that I brought it up. So let's get off that subject. It is a 3.30 kick at Louisville uh, this coming week, uh, if you're not aware. Let, let's go back to the run game, uh, because what Willie Taggart said is that from an attempt standpoint, he felt much better about where they were. It was basically two-thirds run, 
one-third pass, somewhere in that range. I, I haven't done the complete math on it. Uh, obviously, from a yards per carry standpoint, they're not where they want to be. But he specifically said, and this is without looking at tape, he said some of it was missed blocks, some of it was missed reads. Uh, and, and he wasn't talking about the quarterback when he said that. He was talking about the running backs pressing too much and, and not taking what's there and misreading it. So, uh, you know, that's – to be frank, that's a running back that says, man, we haven't gotten on track this year. I'm going to try and make something happen. And it's also uh, going to be instructional, Tom, because they can take that tape and show exactly where those mistakes are being made, whether it's Cam, whether it's uh, Patrick, whether it's a read by Francois. You know, the eye in the sky don't lie. It it captures exactly what, and you go look at that Alt-22, you know, those high-end zone shots where all 22 players are shown, all the splits are shown, all of the gaps are shown. You can Those are good instructional. This is not us watching Oregon or watching South Florida when they were doing it under Taggart. This is Florida State with Florida State kids and their kids not doing what they're supposed to do. That's a great teaching tool. And if these kids are smart, I believe they are, if they are willing to be coached, and I believe they will be, uh, they can look at that, and you can learn a lot from a game like they had today where you weren't running the ball well from a yards per carry standpoint. And and it only makes, you know, it only takes one different cut, one different read, one different decision. And you take that yardage and add four or five yards to every one of those 40 or 50 carries. And now the running attack is very, very potent. There was one time in particular Cam tripped over his own offensive lineman's foot and he was going to go. 50-yard – What I forget what the yard line was. He was going to go to the house on it, though. All right, so here's something that's not specifically related to FSU except that it happened in the game, Keith, and it's it's irking me more and more. And and it's the replay reviews that continue to, to just bog down the games. Uh, we don't have time for this whole conversation now. The bigger premise we'll, – We'll talk about it on Wednesday. I think we should because the bigger premise is we need to stop replaying uh, plays – that are inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. And I know that's hard to determine that, but if it's third and three versus third and two, do we need to review it for that? I, I agree with you. I thought, however, the review process went pretty well uh, in the Northern Illinois game. Uh, we didn't have a seven-minute you know, review and then go back for four more minutes to decide where to put the ball. Well, this, this is cumulative frustration. So the seven-minute review is in here. But uh, I thought the reviews that they did were appropriate. I thought the ones that they did were, were quick enough. Um, so I don't have the same angst uh, over it that you do. Uh, and obviously in this particular ball game, because Florida State wasn't trying to go the true um, Gulf Coast offense and hurry up, it didn't, it didn't get them out of rhythm. Uh, but I understand your frustration. I'm just not sure this but this past game isn't as indicative as the grand scheme of things. No, no, th- this game, this game, except this. And so there was one play, and we didn't talk about this, but it was significant because NIU had a touchdown taken off the board, then missed a field goal. So the receiver stepped out barely, but I was standing right there, and immediately the ref takes off his hat, throws it down. Now, Woodby was the defender who, who needed to be a step deeper and got beat. He did not stop defending that because he saw the hat. But how is it different if you do that than an inadvertent whistle? Like, to me, that should not be a reviewable play because if you're a defender and you know that the receiver went out of bounds, he can't make a catch at that point. So you can completely adjust and go cover somebody else. But, but, but that's not the rule. He can't be the first person to catch to touch the ball. 
And there could still be a ricochet. The ball could be, you know, I, I think you, you and I talked about this during the game. You're giving a defensive back, any defensive back, much too, cre- much cre- too much credit for being able to think on their feet to say, all right, he threw the hat. I don't have to cover him anymore. They're going to keep covering him, my opinion. Well, and I'm, I'm not, and Woodby did keep covering him. I'm just, to me, that's much more in line with it was an inadvertent whistle. I mean, you, you can't go back and review it. I mean, you're going to figure out when the whistle blew? We'll just pleasantly say that. We'll agree to disagree. It doesn't have the consequence you think it does. How about that? All right. Uh, So what else do we need to do? Have we done enough? Anything else you want to wrap up? Well, I I think this team has got to learn uh, because when they got up by two touchdowns, when they got 14-0, they lost their concentration. That's a different level of concentration than when you get down by 14. But you've got to learn to play with a lead. You've got to learn to play when you're ahead. You've got to learn to play when you're way ahead. Hopefully one day we will be. All of that is part of the learning process. And when you went seven and six the year prior and really didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to learn those lessons, those are going to be tough lessons moving forward, particularly under a new head coach. The other thing I'll tell you that uh, someone mentioned to me during the week, I don't know that this is completely accurate, but I'm willing to buy into it. This person who, who I respect a lot, I'll let remain nameless, said, you know, when you change a system, when you change a system, it takes a spring, a fall, and another spring before you're ready to play that next fall. In other words, it's a year-and-a-half process. Well, we're four games. We're a spring and four games into what this person says needs to be a year-and-a-half, and, a half. and uh, we're seeing some improvement, but it also begs the need to be patient. Uh, it's frustrating, uh, and, and all of us get that way. But uh, it is a process to borrow the prior regime's uh, trademark uh, phrase, uh, and we just need to see incremental improvement. We saw that on Saturday. We did indeed, and hopefully we'll see more incremental improvement this coming week at Louisville. Uh, Join us Wednesday at 6 for Front Row Knowles. Until then, he's Keith. I'm Tom. Have a great day, everybody.